when you're in companies in an effort to be ambassadors for that company and to be representatives of ballet, a lot of times people censor themselves and and censor who they are as a person because it doesn't fit this pure, this pure picture perfect idea of what a ballet dancer is supposed to be. I have an afro. My hair is not straight. I wear, you know, I wear my afro regularly to galas and everything because that's how that's who I am. And I, I kind of dress a little crazy sometimes, but that's who I am. I, I listen to all types of music. I read all types of books. I like I am my own person um, with my own ideals. And I what I try to do is to best represent the company that I'm in without censoring who I am as a person. And I feel like the more that people are honest with the unique things about themselves, the more people who aren't exposed to dance and who aren't exposed to ballet will become interested because we're real people. We're not just dancers who stand at a bar all day trying to look like the person in front of us or beside us. We're not, we're not just one in the same, you know? If we are one in the same, it's because we're all human and we're all um, unique and have, you know, different things about us that, that make us unique. You know, the more that I think people understand that these are these are people who have real lives and real ideas and real opinions about things and who have a real voice and something to say. I think that that in itself is going to open people up more to ballet and more to coming to the theater and seeing what real people can do. Everything we are all great in our own right. Everything that we are comprised of is is the matter of the universe. We are all capable of amazing, amazing things. And we are all similar because, because of that, because we are all made up of the same stuff the universe is made up of. Hello and welcome to Balancing Point Podcast. My name is Kimberly Falker and I am here to share with you Janelle Figgins' journey into dance. As you'll hear today, uh, in today's interview, Janelle has a just such a rich history in dance. But more importantly, she is really provides with us such profound advice and wisdom that will surely inspire each of you, whether you're a dancer or a love of dance or any of the above. Janelle really provides some amazing words of wisdom today. So be sure to listen all the way through so you don't miss any of that. As you'll hear today, Janelle is a dancer with the acclaimed Dance Theater of Harlem. But what's kind of even more fascinating to me about Janelle is not only is her history rich in dance, but she actually has an identical twin, Samantha Figgins. And Samantha is also a professional dancer, but she dances with the Alvin Ailey Ballet American Theater. But they're both located in New York City. But not only that, uh, Janelle and Samantha's older sister, Dion, has also made a career not only in dance, but also in theater and in film. So the Figgins family is certainly one to keep your eye on. So as you'll learn today, the rest of Janelle's journey in dance um, started at the Jones Haywood School of Ballet in Washington, D.C. From there, she went on to SUNY Purchase Dance Conservatory and into the Dance Theater of Harlem, which will be covered in much detail in the interview. But before I get started and share with you the rest of Janelle's journey, I wanted to let you know that we did this interview almost a year ago. And so any mention about her upcoming performances or any of the rep that she references 
actually refers to last summer, so I just didn't want you to get confused. So without further ado, let's get started with Janelle Figgins. <laughs> well, Janelle, with that, let's just go ahead and get started. And um, so you grew up in the D.C. area, and your older sister is, was that kind of how you got started in dance? Or tell me a little bit about how that started for you. Yeah, um, we definitely got started through our older sister initially. We, um, we my sister and I, Samantha, uh, we both started training when we were uh, three or four, you know, the the age where everyone starts to just have your tutus and little right. cute dance dances and things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we got out of it. We both stopped dancing um, at about six and we started running track. Um, so initially it was um, my just getting into it through my sister, through um, seeing her perform and dance. Um, but we both found ourselves back to it later on um, individually. So that was definitely a choice that uh, we made um, to get back into dance. I know I I just missed it. I just missed moving and being able to use my body in a different way and especially coming from track Right. Um, where, you know, you're using your, your body as an engine, in a sense, in track. And that's that's definitely interesting. But being able to use that engine, but to express something, uh, express an idea and how just how you're feeling, it just feels more natural. It felt more natural and it, it didn't feel right. Me not dancing. Um, so we we got back into dancing around. Um, like ninth grade, I guess. Oh gosh, so it was quite a bit later, huh? Yeah, it was much, much later. We had a we had a really long time off from dance, and a lot of it, I think, when you as a dancer, you spend so much time indoors, and I guess we, we were really, really rowdy children. Like we climbing all <laughs> over the place. There's, there's so many stories about just climbing trees and the molding in the house and destroying things. <laughs> so we were just a little rowdy. Um, so we had to get out. I think we just wanted to be outside. So um, your sister, Dion, she's how much older than you guys? She is 10 years older. Oh, 10 years. Okay. So she was already quite accomplished when you went back to dance. Yeah. By the time we started back dancing, she um, she w was in college at Goucher University in Maryland. And then she got... Um, she got her contract with Dance Seed of Harlem. So she was, had started performing. So... Um, so by the time we got back into it, we really did have uh, someone to look at, like a career, sure, yeah. a career to look at um, and see how how it's possible to make a career out of this. And um, just growing up around ballet dancers all all of our lives, basically. So so is Dion or was she a classically ballet trained? Was that kind of her focus? Yes, yes. we were all classically trained here in D.C. by uh, Sondra Fortune Green uh, at a historic one of the historic um, studios in Washington DC at Jones Haywood uh, School of Ballet it's one of the first uh, ballet schools for uh, black students um, trained in Russian and uh, Vaganova uh, techniques so we all went through that school and by the time uh, we came back to dance we entered into the arts high school here in D um, DC Duke Ellington School of the Arts so, so yeah, we all we are all classically trained, but we also are trained in um, all genres, uh, modern, all all types of modern dance. Uh, Horton and Graham and uh, uh, Cunningham, 
Um, so we have, yeah, we all have an extensive uh, dance background. Background. Yeah. So when, when you started doing track and then went back to dance, was it literally from age six until ninth grade that you had no dance at all? Yeah. Or did you kind of supplement? None. Wow. And because the only reason mm-hmm. I ask is because a lot of my listeners, I do get a lot of questions about starting late and can you make it and what's too late and you know so I think those are um pressing questions for a lot of kids that find their love of like you said movement maybe in their eyes too late and so that's very inspirational that you restarted again in ninth grade yeah, yeah it's not it's never too late it really isn't like I I've met so many students and my friends and peers that started late some of them who started as a senior in high school and have amazing careers and there's so many different paths that you can go down and dance that don't require you to have 10 12 many years of of training and a lot of times which is interesting I find I when I was going to auditions I'd, I'd be in auditions with people who had been training since they were two yet they weren't really able to articulate the technique and um, weren't at a level that they should be on with all that that training. Yeah, because maybe at some point it became too rote and their heart wasn't there for the right reasons. Yeah, that um, that or they they weren't in a um, an accredited school. You know, they've been training all their lives, but actually in a way that's not beneficial. Right. Or sometimes you see or hear of, of kids that Maybe it's been the right place, but then they've gotten to a level where it no longer is. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of different paths that you can go on. Um, I know I have a friend uh, named Colin who I went to college with, and he had maybe two years of experience before he came to conservatory at City Purchase. And now he's choreographing in, in um, Europe. He's living in Dresden and... Um, he's just made this really amazing life for himself. And, you know, you don't you don't have to go down one route or or the route that your training is 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 going to permit. There's so many different things. And as long as you remain passionate about that and open to all the possibilities that uh, dance allows, you can totally have a career in dance starting late. That's totally possible. Um, a lot of times you're better off than the people who have been training that long. Yeah. And I. Everything you just said really, really makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. and I can see, I think that that applies to many things in life that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're pursuing something for the right reasons for your own personal self, yeah, exactly. you'll find more success than just not pausing and thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like when you've been training for that long, it it may become something that you actually aren't interested in and, and um it just becomes stale to you. Right. And you don't know, you don't know anything else. So it's hard to even articulate that you're not interested because that's all you've ever done. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, starting late was awesome because I got to see a lot of different things that I could do and that I was capable of. Like during that time, I really was able to uh, foster in my, my discipline and track and sports and, you know, find a love for that. And also just, um, in in literature and writing like I'm really interested in in writing 
and music. You know, I was in the band. My sister and I were in the band. We played, I was like first string clarinet. (laughs) (laughs) Which is important because those are life skills that you'll probably tap into in your next chapter. Yeah, exactly. And, And what's more of a life skill is just knowing and acknowledging that you have more potential in you for for more than one thing you know and understanding that there's just there's always more options available to you than what's been presented to you so it's it's easy for me to step into it was easy for me to step into dance because that's what was in front of me that's what was presented to me um but I'm really uh thankful that I took time away from that to explore myself um and the other things that I that that I'm capable of, because it made going back into dance a lot more um, rich for me. You know, it has it, it, it has a greater taste um, now that I know more about the world. And, you know, I, I was adolescent, so there was, there's not that much about the world that I know. I knew, but, but still, you know, you had more normal experiences, you know. Yeah, I had more normal experiences. And, and as a dancer now, having that appreciation, I maintain that. You know, my balance point. <laughs> the <name> of- <laughs> Thank <That's> you. <laughs> <laughs> my balance point is in, is in maintaining um, that interest in, in everything, in, in every opportunity, in every, um, every book, every musical genre, everything that I'm interested in. I want to know more about, and that is what's influencing my um, my artistic development. That's what's influencing influencing my personal development. That's what's influencing my intellectual development. So, and I'm sure it shows on stage from an audience perspective. I hope so. I think it does. <laughs> well, it, it can only do that. You know. You know. I've heard from other guests that it's important to have real life experiences outside of the studio, so that when you're doing, for instance, a uh, a classical ballet with a story behind it, you've got to be able to tell the story from your yeah. own life versus just the four walls of a studio. You've got to have had a broken heart and a fight with your friends and all of that because how can you tell a story if you don't know it? And I know it personally, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, being an artist and being a dance artist, uh, especially, is. A joint. It's a, it's a joint conversation between you and the choreographer. You know, you're there to interpret one idea, but it's an interpretation from two separate sides. So you definitely have to be able to fulfill fulfill the idea that um, the choreographer the uh, the the choreographer has, but you also have to be able to fulfill your own personal story in that. So yeah, being being open and being available to life in general is definitely a key to your artistic development, definitely. Well, that's really, really refreshing to hear because oftentimes it feels that the world of those pursuing professional ballet are very um, streamlined, and it does make sense. Those that make it different paths, like you said, different journeys, but sometimes it, it feels as if, and I'm sure from my listener's standpoint, if you have not followed path in a certain direction, you're going to be stuck at the end with nothing, which it's really nice to hear such a a rich um, background, which leads me to the college piece, because really and truly, you're um, a minority in my my guests, most professional, classically trained um, dancers 
don't go on to college right away. Sometimes they're doing it while they're professionally dancing, and other times they do it after they retire. But, you know, it's very nice to hear your story of doing it first and still making it. So tell me about that decision. Was it hard to, were you ever like, maybe I'll dance first and then go to college later? Or how was that decision made within yourself? There wasn't really any question that I wasn't going to go to school. That, that again, was something that I saw and was presented to me. My uh, high school was really adamant about furthering your education in that way. Um, my older sister didn't get a chance to finish her degree because she went into um, straight into a, well, not straight into a company, but she she went into a company while she was uh, still in school and never got the chance to finish it. So um, it wasn't really um, it wasn't that difficult of a deci- of a decision for me personally because I because again I am so interested in a lot of different things and um, going to school was going to I feel like was going to prepare me better for um all aspects of the of the um of this career you know if i if i were specifically um focused on being a classical dancer then i think my that would have been my trajectory to go straight into a company um but that's not i want to be as well rounded as possible i want to i wanted to learn more styles than than uh what i had already under my belt and um and again i just wanted that experience uh college definitely opened my mind up to so many different things like our slogan was think wide open um at suny purchase and it's a great school by the way for the listeners great great school (laughs) was it a, a tough decision on where you wanted to go to school because you wanted to focus on dance while in college yeah, I did. I wanted to focus on dance while in college. Um, and I only auditioned for two schools, actually. I only auditioned for Juilliard and SUNY Purchase. I got into SUNY Purchase. So that was, <laughs> it was pretty simple. <laughs> so there you're doing. For me, it was really pretty simple. Um, <laughs> now, how did you know about SUNY Purchase being a good fit um, from the dance perspective? And I, and I only ask that because that's another common question that I receive is how do you, how do you know where to go to school if you want to pursue dance, but don't know exactly in what um, capacity. Purchase. Well, there were a couple of girls that, um, who went to my high school at Duke Ellington who went on to SUNY Purchase, or a few people, a few people that went to SUNY Purchase. Um, and I, you know, heard from them, their experiences that they um, focus a lot on um, a, a, a wide variety of dance. Um, and in my training in high school, I did Vaganova and Horton and African, and that was it. But also there, I only learned about a specific side of dance, and um, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't have that extra exposure to all these other companies. Like there were so many companies that I had never even heard about, so many different styles of dance. Like I didn't know anything about Cunningham, I didn't know anything about Graham. Um, Limone, all of those things. So um, seeing how how it totally opened up their their mind to the world of dance was definitely something um, that I was interested in. Um, SUNY Purchase is uh, is is open. You know, you don't have to have like years and years and years of experience to go there. They're really there to foster and nurture artists that um, artists that want to really invest in their creativity 
rather than in strictly their technique. While they do really produce awesome dancers, like everyone from my class at Suny Purchase is doing so well, and everyone has uh, amazing jobs in all of it, like am- major, major, major companies. Um, but yeah, going to Purchase was definitely my, my number one option um, just because of how diverse it is. When you say that your classmates went on, so people didn't go there to major and dance to open studios or to to teach. They kind of went there to dance to learn how to be... In the in the field, dance okay. professionally. Yeah, so it's not... The program is... It, it's fostered for a lot of different things, which was, which was really interesting. Um, as a dance major, you have the option of choosing between uh, taking more ballet classes or more modern classes, but you have to take all of them. And yeah, the emphasis is on getting us jobs <laughs> in the field. I think everyone at some point in their career as dancers are going to teach. It's something that's going to happen. Um, but we're, yeah, we're definitely there to dance in the field. Um, so like I have friends now, like I'm like, I'm in Dancy to Harlem. I have friends that are in Bill T. Jones and Merce Cunningham company. A few members, a few people just got into uh, the Graham company. Um, everyone's doing really, really well. And uh, my uh, best friend of mine is, has her own company now. So there's a, there's a program for, you know, dance production, uh, arts administration is a program specifically for composition, which everyone has to take. But you can be a comp major and um, uh, focus on choreographer choreography, which has produced awesome choreographers. We had uh, Sidra Bell is a major choreographer that came out of uh, the Purchase MFA program. Um, uh, a few other choreographers that I'm losing at the top of my mind right now. But uh, you have the composition program and you have the ballet program. Um, all of which are very, very strong and and produce awesome dancers and awesome choreographers and awesome creators. Um, so that's that's really what got me hooked on purchase. And it's beautiful. It's just in the middle of nowhere. It's in the forest, and all you all you do is dance. <laughs> it's awesome. Like it's a dance. And then what about like the rest of the um, campus or the rest of the students? You know, do you guys did you have kind of a traditional college experience too? Um, or yeah, it's a liberal arts college. So I mean, we didn't have like sororities and fraternities. I don't think. I think everyone at Purchase was a little too open minded for that. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, they tried that, <laughs> but it didn't work. Um, we do definitely have a sports program that they're putting a lot of emphasis on now, um, which in a way is a little disheartening because you know you want we want money for the arts. So right. you put more emphasis on, on sports at a school where no one goes to the, that school for the sports program, I don't think. <laughs> Purchase, yeah, it's, it's a liberal arts college. They have a, all of the conservatories are, are top notch. Um, the music conservatory, um, visual arts conservatory just produce awesome, awesome artists and actors and musicians all the time. So I think, Purchase is all around a an, an, an arts haven. It really is. It's it's beautiful and it just it nurtures talent like none other. And I'm so grateful to have gone there. I don't think I appreciated it as much as <laughs> while I was there as I do now. <laughs> I know. Isn't that the way life is, though? <laughs> certainly is the way life is. Cause I was struggling <laughs> while I was there, but um, you were struggling in what way? I think. How was I struggling? 
it's just that thing with 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 anything that you're doing that you love um it takes you in so many different directions and i think that um i think that because purchase was so isolated that it kind of it just it can become a little bit of a just this little like this I don't even know how to describe it. Just it's it becomes routine. You see the same people all the time, um, and it's just it, you're literally in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Um, so, so that in itself, being in that routine, can become a little stagnant. But, but again, think wide open, <laughs> and, and 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 do your and focus on your art. So I mean, it's it's fine. But anything that you do, well, anything in the arts is going to really involve a deep understanding of yourself and of your soul. Like anything that involves your soul is going to take you to so many different places, um, emotionally and, and mentally. Um, so being at a, being at purchase and being in an isolated situation like that, and even still being in a company, being in, um, just being an artist, period. If you're doing it passionately and you're doing it from the inside of yourself, from your gut, you're going to feel the ups and the downs. And that's the, that's, that's just a part of being an artist and, and, um, it, uh, knowing how to cope with that, um, and actually really feeling the ups and the downs, feeling the downs as much as you feel the ups. Are, it, it, that's what's going to make you a more interesting artist and a more interesting person. So I, I struggled then with that and I struggled with that now. I think anyone who, anyone who's passionately in the arts as I am is going to struggle with that at some point. If not, I don't know if like, if you're really in the arts. <laughs> right. Good point. <laughs> you know? But I think also, you know, in, in life, in any of those, those, kind of like you said, the soulful moments, the, the lessons are often learned retrospectively, kind of like what you're doing now. You're looking back on how, how great it was, but in the moment. And that's the way, you know, it is as a parent when you're in the craze, craziness of the toddler stage. And then now that now you look at families with toddlers like, oh, why didn't I appreciate it differently? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's just a maturity. That's just life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's just with coming with maturity. With, it's true. Um, with age comes like detachment from, mm. from youthful folly, I guess. Um, and you can really look back at that and, and, and see it in a way that you weren't able to while you were in it. So, um, so all the things that I, I was feeling there, um, that I sometimes find myself feeling now I'm more prepared for because I am detached from, from that person that I was. And, and this person that I am now is just, yeah, I'm just really more prepared for everything. So your, um, twin sister went to SUNY as well. Yes. Okay. And then what about in the summer when you're in college? What do you do for training? Um, in the summer during college, a lot of times I came home and trained. Uh, I, I, a lot, and it, realistically, I, um, I really only trained about maybe my, like after my freshman and sophomore year. I came home and worked because college is not free. <laughs> um, so I worked and I worked and I worked. Thankfully, I have like um, good rapport with a lot of studios here, so I was able to take classes um, at um, my old school and even 
even I even um started teaching while I was in college and teaching is another level of training. It really right? is. Right. I can um, see that. It really, really is like when I'm teaching, I am re-educating myself. I'm finding something new. Um, I'm realizing that I'm actually doing something wrong because I'm telling someone else how to do that. Um, but I, yeah, when I was um, in D.C., when I came home for, from school, I, I went into classes at Maryland Youth Ballet. Um, and I took classes, uh, actually, yeah, that's about it. I took classes at Maryland Youth Ballet. But by the time I got... Uh, out of like my junior year, I started working professionally. And that's the thing about, yeah, that's the thing about purchase is that um, they really allow you and emphasize uh, you network, your networking uh, skills. Um, so you, there's not, there's not a moment where you're not thinking about um, when, when and how you can get a job. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it. So my first professional experience was yeah after my junior year of college and my sister my older sister was working on uh this movie called bolden which has not come out yet <laughs> after all these years um <laughs> um but yeah she was working on this movie um bolden uh based on the one of the first jazz uh jazz uh, musicians buddy bolden and it was based in new orleans so she was doing that in north carolina and she sent them, I guess, a reel of my sister and I, and they were like, you guys need to come down here. How fun. Um, so we got this call like on a Thursday and they were like, we're going to fly you out um, the, the next day. And so I was like, whoa. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm this, not ready. <laughs> yeah. And this and that summer was the first summer I was like, I'm going to I was living in New York. That was my first summer living alone in New York because I was living in my sister's apartment while she was shooting a movie. So, oh, yeah, that's how that happened. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we get this call. We're like, we're going to fly you down tomorrow. Are you guys ready? Da, da, da. Um, so we fly out the next day. We only we think we're going to be down there for a week. We end up spending the whole summer in kind of shooting this movie um, and yeah, and, and dancing. Um, so that was our first professional experience. And that, in a sense, was training. That was that was serious training. It was. Um, and and yeah, so we and that's that's something that we 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 didn't really train for really. I mean, uh, that's that was a commercial gig, uh, which is completely different from concert dance. Like Purchase is really a concert dance school. Doing that was a whole another type of awareness, a whole a whole new introduction into something a lot more lucrative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep that on the back burner. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's 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 the one <laughs> but um yeah so that was that was a that was a really good learning experience there and and so now I know about a whole nother aspect of uh, of dance and how you can take dance and really make a lot of money with that for later on down the line I think I think now I'm focused on like concert dance but I do know <laughs> that is possible <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, you know, in the real world of dance, it's not um, like professional sports, unfortunately. I think it's really sad. It doesn't make sense in many no ways. Sense. but It makes absolutely no sense to me. I watch these football games, and I think I'm stronger than most football players. Well, isn't it on your um, website where they have that little um, diagram that's just 
really, really cute. I was going to cut and paste it onto your show notes page where it shows the the most athletic, strenuous sports and bullfighting is number one and then ballet dancing is number two and then football playing is number three. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We are athletes. We are athletes. And anyone who t- says otherwise is foolish. So when I see these these men on TV and how much they're getting paid, I just can't believe it. And I feel hurt <laughs> because um, I feel like what we're doing is just so much more important. It's true. It's just so much more important because, I mean, that football and, and sports in general, I guess it's a it. It is something that brings the nation together and unifies us in that sense. But is it really all that culturally enriching? I don't. I mean, it doesn't make a. It doesn't make the audience weep, but at the same time, I guess it it does touch you because you you become emotionally involved. Men men do. (laughs) Yeah. People become emotionally involved in sports, and and they are. It is it is an art in in a sense. It's a science. Sure. Art. Um, but I just don't know exactly what they're saying. If there's a, if there's a real message socially and like economically, uh, yeah. Well, it just seems crazy that nowhere in the world, you know, is ballet recognized financially to the degree it should be in my opinion. I mean, Europe has a pretty good hold on that. I think they, the funding, the way they fund the arts is similar to how, they fund, but not as similar, but they definitely have a greater appreciation for it than we do. Yeah, I would just like to get paid as much as a football player does. What I found so amazing is that every single person that I interview, you know, it's never even, money's not a part of it. You know, they they would choose to do it no matter what. And so in this day and age, there's very few people that I talk to in my day amongst my peers that are doing what they want to do day in, day out. They're not waking up in the morning doing what they're passionate about. But then on top of that, you know, if money were not the object, they most people would not be doing what they're doing. So it's just, I that's one of my favorite pieces of this whole podcast is being able to talk to people that are living their lives on purpose. And that's rare to find in this day and age it is and it's it is a beautiful thing like dancers really do sacrifice so much in order to do what it is that they love and why as beautiful as that is it's also a little hindering because we as a whole do not demand that we get paid this much because we love it so much you know um and that's all. It's awesome. We will do it regardless because it's what's in our hearts. But I feel like because a lot, well, a lot of the reason why we aren't paid as much as um, we should be is because uh, we allow it. We allow it because we love it so much. Like at some point, we're going to if if we really want to be recognized um, financially the way that we should be, we're going to have to not dance <laughs> or 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 just stand up for that and that's going that's going to hurt a lot of us because that's what we love to do but it's kind of it's just a little bit ridiculous that we aren't getting paid what we should be um and yeah it's just because we'll do it anyway and people yeah that's true and people know that and take advantage of that so to the listeners know your worth (laughs) and that's a that's, that's a that's another like really big thing that i learned like after especially after um 
shooting that movie is I really got an understanding of how much I'm worth, like how much someone is willing to pay to have me a part of their their process. And after that, I mean, I'm still I still uh, took jobs because I love it and because um, I that I was still in school and I'm just getting my foot in the door. But that really, really opened my eyes up to um, how much I should be getting paid and how I should be getting treated. A lot of people take advantage of dancers because they don't know any better. Um, and because they want to dance and they need a job and all of these things. Um, but you really, really have to find yourself in a situation where you're going to understand how much you're actually worth and how much you're willing to put up with for what you want to do. And in the moment that you know that, realize that and demand and won't demand for anything else, the more, actually, the more awesome opportunities are going to present to you because you know your worth and you are confident about your work and the work that you've put in for all these years. Having someone take advantage of you in that way is just not a, not an option because you don't allow it to be. Well, that's great advice. That is. I just gave it to myself. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Good reminder. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're, we're going to wait till you go to work tomorrow. <laughs> So um, after college, uh, what was your path with winding up at um, Dance Theater of Harlem? Well, winding up at Dance Theater. Well, my older sister was in the company. She was one of the. Um, she was in the company before the hiatus in two thousand four. They weren't able to sustain the company at that time. Uh, but the good thing was that they kept the school open. They were really adamant about keeping the school open and continuing to. Uh, you know, foster that talent. I'm grateful for that because I was able to go to that school. So I was, I was technically involved in Dance Theater Park my entire life. And again, I like grew up with the company. That was the first company that I saw perform. I saw them at the Kennedy Center. I think I was about 12. My sister was in the company. I saw them at the Kennedy Center. I saw them do Apollo and I fell in love, absolutely in love. And that from then on, I like wanted to be in DTH. And, you know, as I as I grew up, you know, I, I you know, uh, saw other companies that I was interested in. But still, I was like, you know, I'm going to be in DTH at some point. That's going to happen. And so uh, after school, I took a year off. I worked, I did a, a summer program called Springboard Dance Montreal, which is really important for your listeners because it's the most amazing program Ever. I'll tell you more about that later. Out of out of Springboard, I got a job <laughs> in Montreal. Um, I did that for a year, and then the company came back. I mean, I did that for a few months, and then the company came back. They were they announced that they were coming back for 2013, and I found myself at that audition, and I found myself at DTH. So I mean, I think it. I mean, it helps that I was in the school a lot. Uh, they had a residency program in DC at the Kennedy Center. Uh, so I did that for the majority of my time in high school. I did their summer programs. And um, so they knew me uh, and my family. So uh, it was just a matter of like auditioning and showing my face and being ready and prepared for what I was, what I've always wanted. So that's how I found myself there. Um, I'm so happy I did, you know. Um, they're in New York. My, I have a great support system in New York. I have all my friends from college. I have um, 
my uh, my sister and all of her all of her friends that were in the company and all of her friends in dance period that act as a like mentors for me and not only me and my like all of my friends like all of my friends go to my sister and uh, my sister's friends for advice it's kind of crazy she's like dance guru um, <laughs> she is um so i mean it just was a perfect fit and i think it's a perfect place for me to um really start my career um and just really begin performing and and finding out who i am as an artist on the stage um so it's it's great and they tr and we just travel we just travel we just travel we just travel <laughs> and i love it so I, they've only been back together then for a little Two seasons. okay so they're really making a splash, though. I'm seeing a lot of great things. Yeah, we're trying to. <laughs> I should say you, not them, but you're part of it. <laughs> we are all together <laughs> making a splash. But as a company, we all have have one goal and one mission, and and that's for and that's to make um, ballet as um as equal opportunity as possible, and and to just make amazing amazing art and and ex ex excellent and brilliant moments on stage and i think we're really uh finding our niche in that and um i think what was awesome about how we started and how we start every year is uh we have our residency program in martha's vineyard um so we have about hmm, i think it's two weeks it's two weeks at the beginning of august and the whole company goes and we live in these awesome houses at the Martha's Vineyard Arts Pro um, Project. It's amazing. And we bond. There's like, so there's two houses and it's beautiful. And um, one, ha both houses have studios, like fully equipped studios. One, one house has a like Pilates and like gym room at the bottom. Each house has how uh, has rooms and everything, so we all stay in these houses and we just create for the first two weeks of our season. We create new rep. We um, we bring back um, old rep. We just rehearse and create for these two weeks, and it's beautiful. And we just bond together. We just it's just a time for us to really unify at the beginning of the year, and that's really when the company members just clicked. It was amazing. I had never been around a group of people as smart and as talented and really, who really have that interest in being well-rounded people and well-rounded dancers. So I'm really, really happy with the, the group of people that I'm dancing with. I really am. They inspire me every day. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're just one big happy family. <laughs> Well, I think that after my listeners hear this interview, there's going to be a whole bunch of people trying to get in. <laughs> it sounds sounds amazing. That, that is a re that's really one of the best parts of um, of the years spending time in Martha's Vineyard. Um, yeah, can you just have access to studios at all hours of the day? Um, wow! So then you guys are going to Jacob's Pillow this summer, huh? Yes, we were actually there last year. Also, um, so yeah, we are really blessed again to be there. That's another awesome place for dancers, and yeah, Jacob's Pillow is awesome. Oh, I, I've I've never been, but I've watched videos of dances there, and it's just outstanding environment. Outstanding, and just walking on the 
on the grounds it's you can feel the history oh, that's so neat in there um really i actually got the opportunity to dance there while i was at purchase and it was it was the most amazing experience we were there for a day and we got to perform on their out, or outdoor stage and we were doing serenade <laughs> we were doing serenade and it was beautiful the sun was going down and at the beginning of serenade everyone all the all the women have their hands up kind of as if they're blocking this blocking the sun out of their eye and as we begin the piece and the music comes on an eagle flies across the back. Oh it was you couldn't pay for that <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious oh my gosh um, but it's just a magical place like that like magical things happen at jacob's pillow oh that's neat really and truly some some awesome moments i had such a great time there i i feel like when i was there and performing with um dth i was pulling up the energy all the, from all the dance gods that have come oh. before me <laughs> I could see, my- you know, and, and that kind of nature and beauty. Yeah. yeah, it's really important being around nature like that. Um, yeah. uh, you get a chance to, you know, you have your rehearsals and you perform and then you just, I like to just go outside and just sit in the sun, reflect a little bit. Um, just, yeah, be, be with nature. I think that's really important also is to connect with the universe yeah. and, and um, remain grounded in that sense. So I think it's really smart to have a dance um, haven like that in, in the middle of this beautiful forest on the mountains. Awesome. Yeah. Whoever, whoever had the wherewithal to know to do that in a lasting way really was quite brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So that's going to be exciting. Um, we go to Jacob's pillow from Austria. Um, so we actually have uh, three, three more weeks off. We have the first three weeks in June off. Um, and then we go to the Innsbruck Festival in Austria. That'll be and beautiful, too. Talk about nature. So <laughs> exciting. Yes. I'm You'll so be excited. spending like six weeks sitting outside in your moments all over the world. I will have so many moments. <laughs> I just want to have moments all over the world. <laughs> um, so awesome. I will definitely be doing that. Someone said that you can see ski there at this time of the year too so you can you can it's not cheap though (laughs) oh well there you go but you can (laughs) pull together your money (laughs) yes yes. we we end up i mean we we work together to have a good time we really really do we find a way out of no way so um yeah (laughs) yeah to hear stories like that it makes me wish i could do a redo (laughs) although i had good years too so i'm Mm -hmm. not complaining that's for Mm -hmm. sure Mhm. Yeah, I'm sure. Um it's all beautiful. I'm just I'm excited to look back on everything that I've done and um You're not even hardly started. I know. Isn't that's, that fun? That's exactly. Exactly. I'm not even started yet. So <laughs> I'm just I'm really trying to like cultivate a life for myself that's going to allow me to do just amazing things and see the world and um be relative and relatable um well it's working so far i would hope so. i don't know yeah, if you I got think- any better i don't know what would happen <laughs> <laughs> i think um my yeah my main thing as of recently is just to be as like relatable as possible i think that's so important especially when you're a role model in so many ways you know it's nice to have role models i mean i know that and what are your thoughts about um misty copeland you know obviously is everywhere right now and i think she's doing a great job of exposing ballet in a better way (laughs) 
it's hard to do, I think. And, you know, I don't care what your um, background is or skin color is. I think it's, as we spoke before, it's hard to continue to put ballet in the mainstream. Yeah, I think um, I love Misty. I think she's doing beautiful work. I'm so happy that she is really focused on that that message, you know, that this is available for everyone. And that's something that I really believe in. What I, I think um, that the whole conversation surrounding race and um, ballet is an ongoing conversation and that um, it's something, it's, it kind of, for me, it's something a little bit more than that. I think ballet in itself, beyond race, is a very elitist and inclusive, um, exclusive, sorry, uh, art form and and that's just in its history you know that's that's in the history of it and uh for me being as relatable as possible and that's not even that that doesn't even involve me being you know being black or or any of those things i what i'm more interested in in all of the dancers that i see is who they are as a person um i think kind of like what we were talking about earlier it's so easy for um, dancers to be sterile, like uh, the same person all over the place. And it's really um, boring to me um, to see a lot. And and, and again, that's why I like put so much emphasis on maintaining my own personal life because I I wanna be as as interesting a person as possible. And those, those experiences are, what make me unique. I'm more interested in the the process that people have, their what makes them unique as an individual aside of aside of race and I but 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 race is uh race is, is, is in there. You know, it's Oh yeah, it's a part of it. I mean it's all of our stuff is a part of it. Whether whatever it is, you know, whether it's socioeconomic or gender or skin color or you know all the all the things that get in people's way mm-hmm. there's so there's so many so many different things that hold a person back from what they want to do yeah i mean i feel i feel bad for for the male dancers who are so ostracized at a young age for pursuing you know that's a, that's a tough one too you know yeah but again like what what i'm interested in and i think that's what is going to make ballet a little more open minded is for there to be is for dancers and to artists to all share their their stories and what makes them unique. I feel like a lot of times, you know, in an effort to when you're in companies in an effort to, you know, be ambassadors for that company and to be represent representatives of ballet, a lot of times people censor themselves and and censor they are as a person because it doesn't fit this pure, this pure picture perfect idea of what a ballet dancer is supposed to be. I have an afro. My hair is not straight. I wear, you know, I wear my afro regularly to galas and everything because that's how that's who I am. I and I, I kind of dress a little crazy sometimes, but that's who I am. Um, I I listen to all types of music. I read all types of books. I like I I I am my own person. Um, with my own ideals, and I, what I try to do is to best represent the company that I'm in without censoring who I am as a person. And I feel like the more that people are honest with the unique 
things about themselves, the more people who aren't exposed to dance and who aren't exposed to ballet will become interested because we're real people. We're not just dancers who stand at a bar all day trying to look like the person in front of us or beside us. We're not, we're not just one in the same, you know? If we are one in the same, it's because we're all human and we're all um, unique and have, you know, different things about us that, that make us unique. You know, the more that I think people understand that these are these are people who have real lives and real ideas and real opinions about things and who have a real voice and something to say, I think that that in itself is going to open people up more to ballet and more to coming to the theater and seeing what real people can do. Everything, we are all great in our own right. Everything that we are com comprised of is is the matter of the universe. We are all capable of amazing, amazing things. And we are all similar because, because of that, because we are all made up of the same stuff the universe is made up of. So, you know, I'm, you know, I, when, when I go to the theater, I want to see a person on stage. I don't want to see, I don't, I don't want to see a ballet dancer. I don't want to see a ballerina. I want to see a person. And that's just me. I want to see a person doing amazing things who has used this technique and this language to articulate their own individual idea or that joint idea between the choreographer and between themselves. I don't, I, that's just me personally. I don't want to see ballet dancers. <laughs> I don't. I want to see people. No, I, wanna, I get that. I, I get that. Yeah. Great. I do. I want to have an experience when I go to the theater and I hope that people have an experience when they come to see me dance because I try my best to live in a way that every aspect of the day and every part, every part of the world is, is a part of me, you know, and every, and every moment that I've had is a moment that I'm going to take on stage with me. So everything you see on stage is everything that I've done, everything that I've been. Um, That's a great way to put it too. And, you know, I think that if, you know, aspiring dancers could think like that, it might help them in their own personal artistry, you know, because too often the young aspiring dancers are so in their head about the wrong part of it all, really, you know, and it's hard, you know, that's a maturity thing. It is hard and it's a maturity thing, but I wish I, ha I had this understanding when I was training still because, you know, I just had like there was so many times where I was just like, you know, I don't even know if I could do this. Like, and I, I think that's a lot of the reason why I didn't go straight into a company because I just didn't think that I was ready for that. Um, or I just, I, I just, yeah, I just didn't think that I had it to go into a company or, or that I was lacking in some sense, but knowing what I, yeah, knowing what I know now, and this is something I tell my students. And that's one of the questions I would give to you in a second. <laughs> That's one of my last questions. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of them is if you could go back in time to your 13 year old self with what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Oh, oh, <laughs> what would I tell myself? Um, Where do I start? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to be talking for a whole nother 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> if I could go back in time and talk to my 13 year old self, I would tell her that it's just dance, you know, no one's dying. You know? Oh my gosh, I've heard that before you're, and I love that so much. It's just, um, yeah. it makes so much sense. You're, you're, you don't have anyone's hands in your life. I mean, life in your hands, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
um, you don't have anyone's um, life in your hands. And it's, yeah, it's just dance. So just dance. Yeah, it was um, Ask LaCour with New York City Ballet said that too. And I love that. It's like, you know what? Get over yourself. <laughs> get over yourself. That also. Get over yourself. Get over it. And I think all of us need to hear that on a daily basis. I, it's true. It's, you know, I sometimes say that to to my friends when they're obsessing over, you know, which couch to purchase. I'm like, come on, get over it. <laughs> yeah. You won't even notice that thing in a few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I think I would tell myself that it's just dance and that you do whatever you say that you're going to do. I would, tell, I would tell myself to do whatever it is that I say that I'm going to do. If I say I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to um, uh, create something, and that's something I'm struggling with right now is just, you know, I, I, have, I have this creative bone in my body that, um, that I don't utilize all the time because I'm scared of it, you know, um, because I don't think it's the right time for it or I'm waiting. Or you get into rote habits that you... Exactly. When you have spare spaces in your day, you fill it the way that you've been filling it, which hasn't yeah. been what you yeah, totally. are proud of. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself. No, you're as speaking I'm to all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, today, and that's another thing I would tell myself. You know, you always, you always have another chance tomorrow. And that's not to say that, you know... Um, you shouldn't do everything you can to make make things happen in this day, but there's always tomorrow. It's just dance and do what it is that you say you're going to do because it's it's going to make your life and your day so much richer and so you're going to be so much more fulfilled and happy. Like the moments, the moments that you start to feel well for me, yeah. When I have idle time, like right now. <laughs> No, no, this right now is not idle time. But when I'm not working is when I start to feel the most, uh, like, vulnerable and susceptible to my own little evil thought. Well, it's it's that feeling of, you know, at the end of the day, you want to feel proud rather than disappointed in yourself. And it's just, it's a hard rut to get out of if you're in a pattern. Yeah, yeah, so... So um, just thinking back to college and how good it felt to be creating like all the time and have always being busy in that sense, like creating really is medicine for yourself. Um, I that that's another I, I just I'm just going to tell myself so much. <laughs> like, but just, You're going to be a perfect 13 year old. Sick of myself. Um, I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> take out this little soundbite and hand it to my yeah. daughter because she doesn't listen to me and she won't even listen to the podcast because I think I'm too much in her ear already so I'm like shoot you're missing out on like the best information yeah, no, in the world real. from these people it's, it's really real um yeah I just um all of those things and then again just um creating and if 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 Janelle Figgins at 13 if what you want to do is is be an artist then what it takes to be an artist is to be actively creating and in actively creating, you are going to find out so much more about yourself. You're going things, things that you're holding on to things that just fester inside of you. You can get that stuff out if you just create and use it and you're going to, and you're going to be even more relatable because you're being honest 
and telling your story, telling your personal story. And that's all that being an artist is, is telling your personal story and, and being active and sharing. That's all being an artist is, is sharing. So don't be afraid to share because you have something so special to say. That's what I would say to myself. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that. All of those. And I like that you put it in first person or your or third person. Talk to yourself. Yes, I had. I was actually just talking to myself. <laughs> to you, yeah. So with then with that same wisdom and um, kind of lessons learned, what would you? Uh, what advice would you give to aspiring dancers? To aspiring dancers. Um, mm, to aspiring dancers, I would say. Um, Again, it's just dance. So just dance. I would also say that that is for everyone. Whatever it is that you're doing, it's just that. And unless you're a doctor, you don't have anyone's life in your hands. Um, um, But I would also say that um, everything, everything everything that you are as a person is what's going to influence your your artistry and your dance and and what you want to say so really really focus on your on honing in and being true to to who you are and what you're interested in never stop learning about anything else um outside of dance be a bunhead if you want to be um but but there are so many more things in this world besides ballet that is going to make ballet so much more exciting for you. So continue to learn about everything that you're interested in. Continue to be, have to continue to have an awesome imagination. I don't know if I would be as excited about dance or excited about anything if I had an anemic imagination, you know, right. if I, if, if my mind wasn't a playground and had all these crazy colors and awesome things going on inside. I don't know what I would do. So just have an awesome imagination. Don't lose that with age. Don't lose that at all. And, and just dance, just, just dance. You know, I I think that's what I would say. (laughs) That is what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Would and did. (laughs) And then do you have, um, you've given so many great tidbits, so I don't want to even press you for more, but do you have a favorite motivational quote that you've applied in your life? Favorite motivational quote? Um, You know, I, 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 uh, I do have quotes, but what, Yes, because I was, we were having a conversation, at, we were in rehearsal with Robert Garland, our um, resident choreographer at Dance Theater of Harlem. And he was talking about um, just old school dancers and how, how in the moment they are when they're dancing. And he just said something in passing that I don't think anyone else really took to heart. Um, and I, I kind of just extracted it from everything else that he was saying. He said, when you're really dancing, there has to be peace inside of you. And so during the New York season, we were premiering, we were premiering Dancing on the Front Porch of Heaven by Ulysses Dove, which is beautiful. And anyone who has seen it, you can Google it or YouTube it and you'll be able to see the whole ballet, Dancing on the Front Porch of Heaven. And so anyone who's seen it, they know that they, there are three sets of really, really crazy 
fuete turns and I have to, I'm the third girl. So I have to do like double fuete, double, one swivel, another double fuete, and then another like double at the end. So it's a really crazy thing. Um, really complicated. You know, the curtain is down. Um, before the piece goes up and I'm practicing my fuete, they're not working, I'm stressing out. And, you know, I just go on the side of the, the stage and I just start, I like, I, I'm kind of like chanting this mantra, like, you know, there has to be peace on the inside. There has to be peace on the inside. There has to be peace on the inside. And when the curtains went up, I go out to do my fuete. That's the best time I did those. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> woo, I'm winning. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I, but I applied that and it's, Feel like as a dancer and as a dancer, especially myself, because I just I have an abundance of energy when I'm dancing. And if I'm not in the right place and that energy can be dispelled in all types of ways that isn't really constructive. So since then, since I got since I extracted that piece of information from Mr. Garland. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I just I I I chant that. Every every time I go on stage or before I go on stage, I'm just in the wings. I'm like, there has to be peace on the inside. I love that. Even when you're on stage and you're doing something really physically demanding, I think that's what he was getting at. Is that when you're in like huge, physical, exhausting movement and you're doing a lot with your body, you're all over the stage. Um, <laughs> there has to be like, there has to be stillness. There has to be somewhere on the inside of you in order to have control over all of that and so or in order to be present and available and in character um so that is a calmness somewhere yeah yeah, yeah it is but it's it's totally possible and it, it really is possible if you just really i think that that's num that's been number one for me as of lately that that's really something that i do every time i've been performing since since the new york season is just, there has to be peace on the inside. There has to be peace on the inside. And that's every day. And thanks everyone for taking the time for another dose of inspiration on Balancing Point Podcast. And if you're interested in seeing some amazing photos and read more about um, Janelle, then be sure to stop by my website and check out her show notes page. You can find that at balancingpoint.com backslash Janelle Figgins. And as always, I love hearing from you, and I personally read each of your messages, your emails, your tweets, etc. So do stop by and say hi. My email is balancingpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and they're all under Balancing Point. So until next time, have a great day.